We are committed to creating a safe and supportive space for our guests and listeners, and to provide information and tools that will help our listeners understand, manage, and overcome trauma. We understand that the healing journey can bring up challenging emotions. Therefore, we want to warn our audience that certain episodes may contain discussions or stories that could be triggering for some individuals. The content of the podcast is for educational and informative purposes only, and we encourage you to practice self-care and discretion while listening, and to reach out to a trusted support system or professional if you feel overwhelmed and need help on your healing journey. Because we already talked about stories that we create and then exposing, yeah, challenging them. And I thought we were going to talk about changing our story. It sounds good to me. And it, it, and it also makes sense kind of as a, as an extent to, to yeah. discuss. Yeah. Um, so how do you, let's say, let's say, um, or maybe you can start with an example from your own life when you might have with, I well, one is identifying the story, right? Like you have actually identified it. Then you might have started to, to challenge and what happened from challenging to that story actually changing? Yeah, let me think of it. Can you think of an example? Because I, I was thinking about this earlier. I'm like, uh, I think for me, one of them was like uh, a, a good, a good one. Because there's so many, but it's like one that. Uh, is a I game feel like changer. for me, one has been. A, a, yeah, game changer. That that depends. Um, for me, one of them was that I'm bad at people. Or I'm boring. Oh, ooh. You know. well, I mean, I could even go, we can go <clears throat> to the great extent of, you know, me believing that no one loves me and no one likes me. Yeah. And, and, and we talked about that and what that did and how I went into every single, every single relationship with that belief, no matter who they were, it could be a coworker. It could be someone stranger on the street. It could be a loved one. It didn't matter. That belief was just my belief. And, um, I believed it so wholeheartedly for so long and what made me begin to challenge it. I think we already talked about too, but you know, there's people that like me. I mean, there's people that want to hang out with me. There was starting, I was starting to look at the evidence, um, instead of looking at just the evidence that I had done for so long, which was the evidence that people don't like me, which was really easy to find. I started looking for the different, the evidence of no, 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 people actually do like me. They, you know, people don't want to hang out with me just, you know, for no reason. And then once that changed and I decided to change that story, when I, when I really, in my heart, really believe that people do like me and love me, not everybody. And I don't expect that. That's not what I expect. I I at least wanted one or two people to like me. You know, so the fact that there was a good handful of people that really liked me and they were showing that they liked me, I started to have to question my belief. And so I did. Um, And, you know, part of that, it was my healing as well. There was other contributing factors, but, you know, certainly me recognizing it, challenging the lie and then making a decision that um, I guess just really in my heart, understanding that. I am liked, I'm not going to be liked by everybody and that's yeah. okay. I'm not in that desperate place anymore. Of, but oh you maybe also somebody. start with assumption that you're not liked. Correct. I went in with a full on 
belief. Because the minute I was told that that message, that that sentence, I just 100% believed it. I didn't question it for a minute. Instead of questioning it, I went into feeling so sad that, wow, I had no idea. And what do I do with that? What do, what do I do with that? I'm 11 years old. Nobody likes me. So even like with the questioning, so you started to question it, which is that pretty much like that idea of like starting to challenge it. But was there something that you actually did so many like action steps or even like with the healing, something specifically that you did that helped you to start to move towards that story changing? Well, I had to have self-awareness. And what I had to do is I had to really pay attention to my feelings and and my body and how it was reacting because my body was telling me without me realizing it for so long, my body was telling me, you know, slow down, pay attention, look into this question. I mean, it really was, it was giving me indicators, but I had shut that down. And so that's what I started doing is I started, you know, as the thoughts were coming into my mind, because they, as we all know, the thoughts just come pouring in and we don't even pay attention a lot of times. That's what kind of caught my attention. And I don't, I don't like not being like, that doesn't feel good. That sucks, <laughs> frankly. And so, um, and it was, I, I'm not saying it wasn't hard and it wasn't painful and it wasn't scary because I was yeah. so worried that I might find out that, Ooh, that lie that I was believing is actually truth, right? There's always that little thing in you that little check in you like, Oh, it's going to end up being true. And then what do you do with that? So but how was, I, how was that? Because I feel like so many so many of us, we have these stories that they aren't helpful or healthy, but they are true. And then even the thought of, um, there was like um, a documentary that I watched about uh, somebody helping with, I don't remember what exactly they did, but they help people to get rid of chronic pain. And mm, so many mm-hmm. of them, they were so afraid to be pain-free because they didn't know pretty much who they were without. Yeah, it's, it becomes their identity. Absolutely. Exactly. That's very common. So even mm-hmm. like with that, I feel like there's a big internal resistance that can, mm-hmm. even if you know that this will actually help me, this will improve me, but there's still something internally that is trying to hold you back because that is that pain. And it can be any kind of pain. It doesn't have to be just physical. That is what you know. That is what is familiar. Mm. And with even like with this example, um, what was that like familiar in it that you might uh, feel that you would be struggling to maybe let go or even like it would be hard to imagine your life without it? Yeah, you know, for me, it was what I mentioned earlier, and it might not be the same for everybody else. I know where you're going with this because I've seen that side of it. But for me, it really was, um, I was tired of the pain. Like I, that was my motivating factor from the age of 19 is I hated the pain and I wanted to get away from it. But there was also the fear of that little bit of fear of it could be true. It could be true. And and facing that to me, how do you face that? What if it is true? What if nobody liked me? How do I mm. face that? Why am I here? I mean, then you go down a whole different road, which for all of us, I'm going to say, <laughs> you are liked and you are loved, even if you don't feel like it, you know, and you have value and you have a reason to be here. So, cause I, I went down that dark road for others. 
You know, that's a really good question because there are people that I have seen in, in, in my coaching and stuff where they, they're stuck in that victim mode and they don't want to get out. They absolutely resist it at all costs. And I think they do. I think they, well, they do. It's a, it's an absolute mindset for them. Yeah. Like part of them wants and part of them don't like for me, that was with like emotional eating and getting in shape. For me, that yeah. felt impossible to like be in charge of pretty much like what I'm eating or not have like emotional eating. Right. And and even though I was like, I really want it. I want to be strong. I want to be in like best shape and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But part of me was like, no, I actually don't want it. Because like if I'm in shape, I get attention. And yeah. I might actually, because one of the beliefs that I had and I'm kind of still working through probably is that I'm unlovable. What if I actually mm. now get people showing attention, showing love? And because I naturally I, I would get more attention. So I was like, okay, if right. I'm if I'm staying here, I'm kind of comfortable. And then people yeah. don't point things out, they don't like see me, which is one of the things that like I didn't want to be seen. A wallflower? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's and and that's the thing where like I think it's important to identify that um there can be sometimes when we think that we are, we really want the change, we might want it, but there also might be part of us that doesn't want it and trying to understand that as well and acknowledge that because mm -hmm. for me, it was like, and I was getting confused. I'm like, why, why am I not getting changed? But there was something inside of me that was fighting, literally fighting against that change and just being like, listen, let, let's just stay here. This is safe. This is what you know. And like, let's just stay here, even though there might be like some suffering, pain, whatever with that. But like, we, we know this, we know this, we got like, you know, um, and, and, and that's where I think, because I, I would have conversations with people where they tell, like, I really want to change. Um, and you might want to change, but there still might be part of you that, that doesn't want to change. Um, and that is playing some kind of role as well. There might be some protection yeah. or something um, that well, at least with, with, if you go into doing the same thing over and over, you kind of know what to expect and you're yeah. kind of in control really. Cause you're Certainly. making that choice to go right down that same road, knowing really what the outcome is. Right. Yeah. And you and don't so... have to face the fears. You don't have to face the discomfort that might come right. with that or some right. truths about yourself. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Responsibility. Um, right. So, and, yeah. and then, and then, you know, and one of the, one of the fears I think is true. And this is again, with coaching with people that some people deal with is thinking that they're a much worse person or the situation or their life is much worse than it really is. You know, it's their perception. I'm not saying it's not bad, but I'm saying their perception because our, our mind is going to take us to a place of everything's really dark when we go down that road. And so yeah. I think for some people they're, 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 they're afraid to face their reality because they have their reality as they're such terrible, awful people. And they've done this terrible stuff and there's no way you can come out of it and come back from it and fix it. And that's not true. And, and, and we've said this before, but as these thoughts are only in your head, they're going to be really big and they're not going to be accurate. They're not. As soon as you vocalize them or you write them out and you look at it that way, you're going to see, it's going to start kind of catching your attention Going, wait a minute. This kind of sounds crazy because I mean, have you ever had that experience where 
you've had something in your head and it's really bothering you and it feels really big all the time. And you finally, you finally say to somebody, you finally, I, I got to talk about this. This is just crazy. And you say it and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that really did not, that really isn't that bad. And you kind of figure it out as you talk, because a lot of times for me, as I talk it out, I figure it out. But what if you don't have anybody to talk it out with? You talk to yourself. And I, I, I am not kidding when I say that. I have literally done that. I do that myself. Being, being a loner for so many years um, and not feeling like I had a safe place, I was my own kind of safe place. I talk, I talk to myself a lot out loud. I mean, it sounds silly, but, but it helps me kind of process my thoughts sometimes. Um, I have to be careful what I, you know, how I do it, of course, because if you start going down a negative road, you, you know, there's nobody to get you out of it. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a challenge with that because I would do something similar and I'm seeing more and more how important it is to have, eh, it's a challenge to have that external feedback when you feel like you you can't trust anybody, you have to be by yeah. yourself, nobody can, and I was actually talking to like a lady yesterday that I met and, and I was telling her how, um, like I realized I didn't have a concept of friendship or healthy concept. My right. concept was I have to be there for them. I have to support them. I mm -hmm. can't have any problems. Mm -hmm. If I have any problems, they have to be solved in isolation by myself. Then I have to come back and be strong again. Um, and my problems don't matter. Their problems matter. I just have right. to be there. That, that's, the, that's the only thing that I'm there for as a friend. Um, and uh, And she was telling me like, that sounds exhausting. <laughs> it is exhausting it is exhausting How, nobody can keep that up and I was like yeah but that's all I knew you know um, I know I get that and, and I can relate to that to degree. yeah and it's and even like when it comes to change when it comes to internal change or changing your story when it comes to or it's related just to you it's a bit different than when it comes to interacting with others as well because now that I have a friend who is like showing me what the real friendship is I'm like to some extent, initially, it's like kind of uncomfortable, especially with like giving and taking. I'm just like, yeah, if she gives me, I feel like I have to kind of give back or give like double. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. I totally get that. I totally because um, I'm, I'm kind of going through the same thing of learning how to be a friend. And I mean, it's simple things like here's one of the this is one of the things this this clicked with me recently because I'm making a lot. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you or no, no, go ahead. But it just kind of clicked that, you know, I'm actually reaching out to people. I'm actually reaching out to my friends because I didn't. And it's not because I didn't want to be with them because of that, that lie that I believed. And now I'm actually reaching out to them. And the response I'm getting is giving me the, the truth, which is they get excited. They want to meet with me, go have coffee. We have a great time. We catch up. And so but I'm making the effort and I'm sticking my neck out there. Cause what if they say no, but you know, I I'm at a place now, if they say no, it's for, you know, it's for a reason. And it's probably not because they don't want to be around me. It's probably not that. Yeah. And, and I feel like even the, the more we work on ourselves and the more security we have in ourselves, that even if the reason they want don't want to meet with you is you you're you're fine with that and you can deal with that you have that more that like kind of confidence within yourself and mm -hmm. even like 
not being not taking it personally as well um but that's it's really interesting how even like with friendships themselves you can't change that story unless you are actually changing your interactions with others and and that's where um i feel that's a big part of changing any kind of story you have to actually change something like you have to take action. You just exactly. have to take action. You really do. And it could be a small step, but you do have to take yeah. action. It can start like really small. And and also along the way, which is something that I haven't been the best at to celebrate <laughs> your wins, even if they are small wins, but to actually celebrate them. <laughs> because you like I don't think so. No, like I think it's it's beneficial, but I oh, haven't yes, been like yes. that good at doing it myself. Mm-hmm. You know? Um yeah. But for me, like even initially, and I think this is something where so many people can get stuck, um, myself including, especially like some years ago where you feel like you're trying everything. Um, but if you look at it, you're not taking actions. You're, you might be reading books, which can be helpful, but if nothing gets applied or nothing gets actually like acted on, then that information is just, I kind of call it feel good productivity. You're reading stuff, you're starting to feel good about understanding it, but you're not necessarily doing the real uncomfortable uh, part of of Mm -hmm. like putting it in practice. And for me, that's what I did for years, like (laughs) like quite a while. Um, and, uh, And I would be reading all the books and I would literally like, I would get really stuck. And and it's years stacking up. And I'm just like, I'm reading things. I'm starting to understand them better, but nothing is changing. And I would literally, mm. this is this is an, an, is an example of how, how blind we are. And I would literally be like, why is nothing changing in my life? <laughs> you know, I'm consuming all this information. And I'm like, I'm, I'm starting to understand. And if, if I would take action, it would be like really small, really short amount of time. So there wasn't, it's not the smallness, it's the length of time. So if I would take action, it would be like, just kind of, which is helpful initially. I would just like do it, but then kind of do nothing. Back off. Yeah, back <laughs> off. Like yeah. Back off. Instead of like, taking another I tried everything. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of taking another little step and another little step. Yeah. Yeah. Which it's part of the process. So initially that might be the case with somebody listening that yep. even if you take that initial step and then you back off for like months, you still took a step and and now you can work towards kind of every time having that gap between taking action smaller and smaller. But that's what I did for a really long time. I would just like try it out and I'm like, oh, that doesn't work. Or And I would just kind of try it out to identify what's not working where <laughs> I actually didn't take enough uh, steps or like long enough to to see what actually is or isn't working. And that's something that I would be in that space for years. And the longer you do yeah. this, the more frustrated you get. Because I, yeah. I just couldn't understand. I'm like, I'm trying this. I'm learning from this person, this person. And I'm like, I would take some sporadic action and then I stop. And I'd be like really frustrated. And I would like just get kind of some extent, like I wasn't fully giving up on myself, but I was starting to become really miserable because I was yeah. like, like, and I would see other people who are not even trying that hard or like learning as much. They just go and make it happen. And I was like, yeah, pretty much. And then you oh, can yeah. get to a point when you're like, what is wrong with me? Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. But sometimes it can be as simple as you might not just be taking the action or the actions that I would be taking 
they would still be so comfortable or really like mm -hmm. they, they weren't that uncomfortable um, for me to, to face. And that's why um, that those initial years in like seven years or so, I probably had less progress than I had had in the last year, which that mm -hmm. in itself, um, I want to point <laughs> out that the change isn't linear. The beginning is the hardest because you're starting to do something new and then you kind of suck at it. Then you have another thing to do that you kind of suck at that and you just suck at a lot of things. And then once once the, the key is to keep kind of trying and keep doing until something will click and then you get like whatever you would have in like five, seven years. Now you get it in like three years, mm -hmm. even more progress. Mm -hmm. So that's something that also I want listeners to keep in mind that the level of hardness that was to get to where you are now in the last five years, it might not actually be the same in the next five years. It doesn't, it doesn't right. mean that it will be the equal, you know, right. You're building momentum. Right. 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 I know. And I, I, I've heard this example a few times and I really like it. It's like, we didn't learn how to drive a car by just reading a book. You have to get in the car. Like I could read a book and I could know exactly how to get in my car and exactly what to do step by step. But if I don't get in my car and do it, I'm not driving. And you know what I'm thinking about is a lot of times we even might know what is it that we need to do. Or we might even have that kind of instinct of, oh, I might need to do this or that. Um but there's something that is holding us back from doing it. Let's say um, I have kind of my own like kind of idea about it, but from your perspective or your experiences, what were some of the things that kind of help you to actually start to take those steps that maybe initially you knew that you had to take? Uh, well, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. <laughs> So that was a motivating factor for me. And, you know, first it was <clears throat> not wanting to try stuff because I was so afraid that I would fail. And then, and, but for me, for me, the shame went so deep that in part of my abuse was every time I did something, I got ridiculed, right? Whether I did it right or wrong. And so I had to kind of break out of that. And, and there was just for a long time, there was this deep fear that it, as soon as I mess up, everybody's just going to have a heyday with me. They're just going to have fun, making fun of me. And, you know, as I began to heal and, and I guess part of my belief system in that too, is believing, still believing that the abuse was somewhat my fault, or I had some responsibility in it, that there's maybe something I could have done. And I guess, you know, coming to the point of really understanding too, that the abuse really wasn't my fault, kind of released a lot. Of, well, first of all, it released a lot of shame, a lot yeah. of shame. I mean, I would say probably a good 80% of my shame was gone. As soon as I truly, truly realized that the, the, the abuse was them and not me. And it wasn't, they were abusing me because I was just a piece of crap. Cause that's what I used to think that that's what I was born for. I was born to be their punching bag. And, and the reality was, no, they were all hurting themselves. And so that helped me re remove that shame and get the confidence to say, you know what, I'm not going to get this right. And I'm just going to screw up. And if people make fun of me, they're going to make, they're going to make fun of me no matter what. Right. 
there's people out there that are going to do it and I don't care. Yeah. I'm, I, you know, when I first started this podcast, I'd never done a podcast. I had no idea. You and I worked on putting it together. I'm changing it. I'm improving it. And you know, the Lisa that was unhealed in that old place would have never done this. No way. I'm telling stories on here that I hadn't even shared with my husband and I'm putting it out there for the world. And that's coming from a person who at one point believed that, or like you just had no voice. Oh, I absolutely, my voice literally got stuck in my throat. Literally, literally. Yeah. And anybody listening like this in itself is an example of how much you can change. Like, yeah, I know that some of the people listening might have that thought. Yeah. But for me, it's different. Um, and I and used to think that too. Exactly. I was about to say that. And about certain things, I probably still think that. <laughs> mm-hmm. It still pops up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I would invite you to challenge that, you know, um, because all of us, we are human. There, there's nothing more special about me or you than anybody listening it's it's really a lot of times it comes down to what is it that we do or decide to do or some action steps we decide to take and also how long we decide to to take them because that's um, a good example is um when uh and I, I would have some people in in i think a good example was like in university so i got first degree and i was studying in english which is my second language and statistics so statistics is pretty much learning learning completely new language because in my language uh, latvian the the math is different than um Mm. english and uh and i got first degree i actually had the um and that class because it was like psychology class nobody goes to study psychology for math like (laughs) it's not a thing (laughs) i usually hate that, that part of it but it's important because it's science and and uh that um, class has the higher failing rate. And for me, that year, first year, it was the the class that actually had the highest uh, mark, which is 93%. That's like really high. Wow. And and I remember one of my course mates, he was like, um, I wish I could like kind of be like you or like stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, so all you need to do to, to get this good mark is listen back all lectures at least twice, um, if not three times, for each lecture, create notes, detailed notes. I had like at least 50 pages of notes, everything in detail, everything was just like organized. Um, Meet the lecturer once or twice a week with questions that sometimes he will tell me, like, you know, it's not going to be an exam. I'm like, yeah, but I want to understand. But you understand it so deeply that um, by the time you show up to the exam, it feels easy. But for mm-hmm. that one exam, I spent at least 40 hours just preparing, not not talking about taking notes, just preparing, going through and just like kind of rinse and repeat, rinse mm-hmm. and repeat. That's all it was. Like, <laughs> that's all it was. There, there's, there was nothing that made me more special or more knowledgeable because I would just go through it so many times that I just couldn't not understand it if there was something that i didn't understand yeah i book a meeting i go ask 
annoying questions to the teacher and <laughs> and also like I wasn't afraid to ask dumb questions I was just asking questions about everything and and that's 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 how it was like and and the same thing that I tell people about self-development so uh, sometimes um or quite often I, I hear people tell that oh you're like so like smart or like wise for your age and stuff like that um, well, we are <laughs> oh, appreciate it um and in my mind I'm like I don't know if there's anything more special than which is to this there's a linked story to another person which if I don't get to that remind me um for me I would always feel like there, there's nothing special about it so like let's say uh usually people who are like teenagers or like younger they would go out every weekend right so what I would do instead, I would watch something self-development or I'd work on myself. Mm. So if we imagine that's four hours, just just one evening, one evening a week, let's say. Friday, four hours that evening. Over a year, that's 200 hours. Oh, so that's yeah. the work that I would have put in myself instead of going out and, right. and stuff like that. Um, and that's a lot of time. That's one evening a week. If you now add three evenings and maybe on yeah. weekends, it's more than like four hours, then you see how, and let's say if that just one evening, you now multiply it over 10 years, that's 2000 hours. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's you actually investing in exactly. yourself. I wasn't mm -hmm. aware of it. I was just like, what is wrong? Right. Um, but <laughs> if you look at it, it's literally just more repetition more right. kind of intentional work same it's thing with that design. it's yeah. consistency you know i mean yeah. there's which here's here's the second part so like for me i would always be like oh there's nothing special about me there's nothing special about me and then i had a call with um one coach and and he kind of called me out on that and, and he was like okay i understand what you mean um but over those let's say 10 years you were the one who chose to yep. do that work and to put in that time so that in itself is something special yep and i was like huh i have never thought about it that way yeah. um and and that's actually interesting because like for me the main reason why i keep telling that is because i don't want people to put titles on anybody who might not not just me but anybody who might be seemingly ahead to them mm -hmm. myself including with somebody else in certain areas because then the moment they do that by default they they say that's not possible for me right so now they kind of take that like passive step there um it can also they can look at it and and it it affects their self-esteem is like I, I i how could i get there i i yeah i can't yeah and and even if somebody is listening and they're like oh my gosh i have to do so many hours like <laughs> let's mm -hmm. say to, to get to my level like no first of all I had no coaches no nothing so that in itself like took me way longer than it would have if I had somebody who was guiding me or like yeah. I allowed my ego to step aside <laughs> ask for help and receive help <laughs> yes yes um, we're here for each other yeah exactly and but it's something that um I feel like we're just a lot of times we can get this default to beat ourselves up or com compare ourselves or, or stuff like that but you are where you are supposed to be so like for me that's actually something that I was thinking about one day when I was on a walk because like and it was about me being out of shape 
And I was like, few, I think it was like one or two years ago, I got to like my, my best shape. And I was like, why am I not able to stay there? Like, why am mm -hmm. I back again? And I got this realization that I'm probably here because I still haven't learned something that I'm supposed to learn where I'm in, in this state. And one thing that I actually got from that is that I would still be in those old patterns where I would avoid meeting people. I would avoid mm. going out or or anything like that, where I was like, okay, maybe this is my chance to actually face some of the shame or fear about people judging me or rejecting me based on my own perceptions about myself and actually face that and overcome that because this might be the last time I can practice it being this way. Because there's still a lesson that I might not have learned being in this state or something that I haven't addressed or faced. And this is actually my opportunity to to do that and to face that fear or whatever it would be. Um, which actually like few things that I wrote down that you talked about that might be, or like for you might be getting in your way to to start to take those steps because that's really where the change is starting, where you yeah. start to really like, if we if we break it down break it down to really simple like kind of analogy if you want to be different person you have to do different things <laughs> that that's all it is if you want to have different simple. results take different actions that's it um but if we we think about what is getting in our way to actually mm -hmm. take those actions because that's where so many of us get stuck right self including um the things that I wrote down that we might Kind of discuss each of those was shame fear of failure confidence and maybe fear of failure goes hand in hand with validation mm, oh yeah um even like with shame that is something that i even like relatively recently understood how many of my decisions have been based <laughs> or more like not making decisions or avoiding mm -hmm. making decisions <laughs> have been based around shame. Mm -hmm. I would literally make or wouldn't make so many decisions because of the shame. Oh yeah. So many. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Not taking action. Oh yeah. Shame was, I mean, really shame is what kept my mouth shut. That's really what kept my mouth shut. What is something I knew that, go ahead. I was just going to say, cause I, I just knew that if I opened up my mouth and said something, somebody was going to make a fool out of me. So what could be something that could help to overcome or face that shame? You know, for me, it was a lot of different layers though, too. And, and that's a good question because it, so much of it is really realizing who you are really who you are and diving in deep. And, you know, my suggestion, one of the suggestions is really finding out who you are. See, I didn't know who I was either. Mm -hmm. I was who everybody told me I was, or I was who I needed to be in order to get acceptance by that person. So I had no idea who I was. Right. And so that just kept feeding my shame because I was constantly having to evolve myself for everybody because that was what I thought would work to get everybody to like me. So you got to really get to know yourself. And for me, once I 
gave myself permission <laughs> to actually investigate that. That was a big eye opener for me. And that is something that helped me to realize a lot of things about my life. But, um, and it, and it goes back to really diving deep into the childhood abuse and understanding really in your heart that it, that the abuse wasn't your fault. Those are some of, what about you? I think, <laughs> um, and see, this is coming from somebody who wasn't abused, right? So you're just talking about your story coming from just growing up and not living in childhood abuse or trauma. Yeah. Well, I'm finding out that there probably was some kind of trauma because I was grow little grown up kid, really. Um, well, and it's true. And, and, and I don't tell people that you were abused or that you had trauma, but I think yeah. that everybody to some degree has some kind of trauma in their childhood. It just, it, it's yeah. life. But I probably didn't have what most people would identify as like trauma or. Correct. Abuse. Yeah. The repeat, re the, the repeat trauma. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I think one of the things is probably, and this is still something that I'm more so uncomfortable with, um, is to feel the feelings. Oh yeah. Allow yourself to feel the feelings. Um, yeah. Even like that's with, a big one. Yeah. Um, because um, that is something that with certain feelings. Um, well, one was that one feeling that I didn't allow myself to to feel or show or anything was anger, and that's like I'm not at the anger yet. Like I'm I'm not there yet. But with even like feelings like. Um, to some extent you're like feeling pain or you're feeling hurt yeah mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be now that you walk around crying and all this kind of stuff i mean in society like when you're by right. yourself like right when you have like your moments me. you have your moments but like allow yourself to to have those moments and feel that emotion yeah. and not try to stop it and and just allow it to come out and also with that, one thing that helps is to not make it mean anything. It's it's just emotion wanting to come out that you might have don't. suppressed years ago. Don't put a story to it. Yeah, like and, and or don't listen to stories that come up as you're in right. that emotion. Right, right, because um, they're gonna come up. Exactly. Um. So that would be one thing for sure. But even before that, I think, um, one would be even to acknowledge that you have shame about something. Um, because I think one thing that I would have myself is that I would try to convince myself that, or I wouldn't even like consider it because I didn't want to address it. I didn't want to um, admit that I had some shame because in my head, I had to be the strong person. Like you, you can't have shame as a strong person. Like you, you have to be confident. Right. You have to be strong and, and all this kind of stuff. You, you can't have any like shame and bread. Like, you can't have any like you can't have any negative emotions. Um, so I think with that, even something that I have started to do now is that um every day I find, even if it's like a few minutes, to just like sit with myself. Mm -hmm. Just mm -hmm. just sit with myself, do Quiet. nothing, and just be. That's mm -hmm. it. Um, mm -hmm. something might come up, something might not come up, but you just sit with yourself and you be. And um, and and that's something that I think even especially I think a lot of us we we don't even 
uh, we don't know how to feel feelings because we are so automatic to suppressing them and not feeling them. Yeah. I was going to say, cause that was one thing for me is at first I couldn't feel the emotions. Like I couldn't even like, they weren't, it felt like they weren't even there. They were there. They were just suppressed. And so you're right. You have to sit with yourself and it might even start out feeling like anger, but there's always an underlying emotion underneath that. And it's okay to feel the anger, but there's keep going. Cause there's more to it. Anger is usually the surface emotion it's the one that is easy to have compared to some of the others for me anger is the opposite it's really hard to have is it see i don't, i can go to anger real quick real it's, quick yeah, in a and flash. that's the that's the interesting thing because each of us we have different coping mechanisms for me anger is forbidden i can't be angry i'm not allowed to be angry why i'm a peacemaker i'm a peacemaker wow that's that's my job <laughs> Wow. As a peacemaker, I can't That's your be story. Angry. Exactly. Whoa. Oh <laughs> man. Because you know, and, and the thing with anger, and I've studied it a little bit and, and in my in my therapy as well, it's come up that you know it's really especially for men, it's the it's the go-to kind of emotion because it's pain. I don't want to say it's safe, but it's it's the safest of them all. And, but, but if you think about it and you go deeper, there's pain, there's some kind of pain, there's something. And the way that we want to respond to it a lot of times is anger, not you, but, but, but I mean, and and you're right. There are people that they don't go to anger. Yeah. My husband doesn't go to anger. Like Mm -mm. one is that you don't go, but for me for years, um, it was even like, if I would get angry by default, I would get in like more so like crying mode. I would feel anger and then it just like switches towards victim. It's like, it literally like anger wasn't allowed. I can't be angry. I wow. can't be aggressive. I'm a peacemaker. Um, but one thing also with shame um, definitely is that has helped me was to some extent curiosity. Um, oh, like, yeah. One thing, like there's, there's an example with that. Like when I would go to gym, I would be really kind of, and to some extent, I still feel that like kind of sense of shame to do squats. Because uh, I was like, yeah. I don't have the perfect form, you know? Um, And uh, and I was like, everybody going to see that I don't have all this kind of story, right? Oh, and, I uh, know. I, I know that story personally. And I know I exactly where you're I going. Would, I would go to, and sometimes, sometimes it would literally go as far as me even going to the gym. I would be like, I would have that anxiety or that like resistance to do that. And the the yeah. main reason was that because I would grow up with so many like insecurities and shame around like the way I looked, even though like looking back the pictures, I'm like, there's, there's no reason for that, but still <laughs> it was there. Um, yeah. Like I was convinced I was fat, even though like I was proper like skinny kid that was like training many hours a day. Um, so like yeah. looking back, I have no no idea where it came from. Well, I I do, but like visually, yeah, it just doesn't make sense, right? Um, yeah, and like it's so like with the gym, like sometimes I would feel that in, in anxiety or like uh shame or, or embarrassment because like in gym I'm like everybody's like I'm here to train, so everybody sees me. I'm like exposed. Yep. You know, um, and they're all watching you, of course. Yeah. They're stopping they're looking what they're at doing every, and they see you. everything that's wrong with my body. Yep. Um, yep. And, uh, and they're judging me. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> so like what I, um, and there's this, there's like something that uh, a friend of mine said. So like one day um, I didn't do the 
squats. And and as I was walking home, I, I said to him that I didn't do them because I was kind of like anxious and stuff like that. And he's like, okay, so now instead of doing it, you're going to think about it for the rest of your day. Oh, true. And the next time I went to the gym, I actually did it because that thought for me yep. was more powerful than than facing it. But adding curiosity to that, um, one thing how we can approach it is because a lot of times with shame, we get to these conclusions that this is impossible for me. I can't do it. Or like everybody will do it, or all this kind of stuff. What if, um, not even what if, that's not cu- curiosity yet. It's more so like, I wonder what will happen if I do this. Um, and it And it doesn't have to be, let, let's say with the gym example. Instead of doing it at the gym where that specific, let's say, squat place is exposed what if i found one where it's kind of in a corner mm-hmm. and i maybe went a bit earlier where there aren't that many people but i still face that fear or shame and i face it more so with curiosity i, I wonder if what will happen if i do it and even if i do it what if I survive and I don't die? Like, and nobody laughs at you and nobody makes yeah, fun of you. Nobody, even better, what if nobody even notices me? <laughs> <laughs> even better. They, they, just, they just don't even notice me. Um, and, and kind of approaching it with curiosity. Um, yeah. Because uh, one thing with shame is that a lot of times I feel like shame is making us to jump to conclusions. And if we approach something oh, yeah. with curiosity, we're now a bit more open to whatever will be the, the consequences, mm-hmm. but there's a bit more of that openness and, and using that openness to to do that action in that space, that could be something helpful. Um, That's huge though, is, and you and I talked about this months and months and months ago, that whole statement of replacing judgment with curiosity. And that, you know, that's been a game changer for me because I was, because of my upbringing, because of everything I went through, I was, I was judgmental. I was really hard on myself. And I was, and I had these unrealistic expectations of others that turned into judgment. Right. And just switching that up and, and starting to apply that in every part of your life. I haven't quite done that yet because there's so many things I I know I'm not aware of, but just applying that and starting to apply that in places has been huge. It's, It's liberating, literally, like it really opens up the door Cause, cause when I'm in judgment, I've got my eyes locked in on one thing and one thing only that's it. I don't, my mind isn't open to anything else. I'm just focused yeah. on that one thing. But when I have curiosity, I'm opening the door because I'm looking for something else. So I'm open to other things yep. and that's and, been huge for me. Yeah. And like, usually the way I describe curiosity versus judgment um, is that with curiosity, you're most more like um blank page. So you're just like mm. gathering data, gathering information and just like- In your research mode. Yeah, you're just like researching. And 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 you can see that a lot oh, with yeah. kids. They're like, okay, if I, yeah. jump, if, I, if I jump on this, like what will happen? Well, let's yeah. go and see. Um, yeah. And, and then with the judgment, it's more so like good, bad, right, wrong. So yes. we, we go to these kind of, polarities or jump to conclusions um and and that's where like as long as we approach things with curiosity and and don't jump to those conclusions of like this is good or bad 
um, that can be really beneficial to even like start to take some actions or or face some of those fears. Um, yeah, and last thing really. that I would add with shame is something that we already discussed is to um, talk about it or share. Um, get it out, get it out, whether it's vocal in a safe place. And it feels so weird. Mm-hmm. And, be and it's okay hard with it being weird. It will be weird. It will because... be weird. And you might even say it with tears and that's okay. Because I remember sharing stuff. I, I talked with my husband the other day about a situation we had one time and it was, it was a misunderstanding. It wasn't anything big. But as I brought it up with him, I started to cry. There's still shame there. And there was, and, and honestly, the way, I won't share the story, but um the way the story went, there should be no shame whatsoever for either one of us at all. And yet it's still there. And I looked at him as I'm, we're talking about, it, I'm like, tears are coming to my eyes. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's still something there. So I'm diving deep into that one. I, I, I know why I now know why it happened. I'm still working through it, but it's still there. I didn't even yeah. see it coming till I started to tell the story. Mm. And actually with this, another thing that I would want to add with shame is that don't expect not to have it. Correct. You, yeah. Like, I still have things where I'm like, oh my gosh, why yeah, did uh, I? Yeah. Like I still have it and it still like comes up or like you feel embarrassed or like, oh, they're going to catch me, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> in yeah. my act. Um, yeah. That, that's fine as well. Don't expect to complete, because I feel like the moment you, the moment you have no shame or embarrassment at all, you kind of lose piece of you being a human. Yeah, like so it's not true. something to get rid of. It's more so you you can look at it as it might be educating you something on something that you could address or to explore or like start to overcome or face. But um if we if we go into this with the expectation that well one thing is that the more you start to take those actions and you face some of the anxieties or like shame or just share it and stuff like that it will actually start to um not not even like it fully disappear but it will have less power over you you'll be able to manage it and that's where the curiosity would come in because you know i'm putting these two things together and when you're feeling shame be curious. Why am I feeling shame? Wait a minute. Hang on. What's going on? And you're going to get to the root of it. If you keep asking yourself and you keep diving deep, because really I know shame and guilt, people think they're, they interchange. They really don't. To me, in my opinion, in my life, shame is not okay. Guilt is is okay. uh, Emotion. Yeah. And guilt will, will motivate me as long as I keep it in balance. But shame to me is we've already talked. Yeah. It's paralyzing. So, you know, when you're feeling that shame, stop and ask yourself, why am I feeling the shame? Especially, well, you should always ask it, but, but especially when it doesn't line up with the, with what's going on, it makes no sense. There's something rooted in you that is causing the shame to come up that shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, or it's just, there like it's like sometimes (laughs) i'm just like i feel like sometimes we um even like with the should or shouldn't that's another thing that we have this like i shouldn't be feeling this way 
Right. Well, maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't, but this is just the way you feel right now. Like it's just what That's it is. That's judgment. Yeah. You're uh, judging. Exactly. I shouldn't and, feel like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, well, you might, or maybe, maybe you shouldn't, but you do. So <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> no, you're right. Right. Let's, let's, let's just, dive just, in and figure yeah, out like, what's going on. Um, just, just feel it. Don't, don't have, and also like not everything has to mean something. It's just, you know, like you might be, you don't now, have to have a story with everything. That's exactly. so true. That's what um, I'm, t- I'm, I'm teaching. I'm working on that right now. Not everything has to have a story. It, it just doesn't. It doesn't have meaning because I've, I have done that all my life. Everything had meaning. Everything had a story to it. And if it didn't have a story, I would create it. And some things just don't need a story. Yeah. Um, another one that I feel that would be super valuable for us to address is that like validation and to some extent fear of failure, um, that, that we are seeking, because that's something that can a lot of times stop us from starting to take those oh yeah those steps towards that change or change kind of lines story. up with the whole perfectionism kind of thing in there yeah yeah um so i just i just think which one is they're they're linked but they're not fully linked which one do you feel is stronger like fear of failure or like validation um for me validation was more important than the fear of failure. It could be different for other people because I was yeah. on a mission to be validated, right? That was mm-hmm. my mission in life was to be validated. Yeah, well, loved. maybe we can, we can, we can start with validation then. Um, validation, but, but yeah, fear of failure is huge too. And we just have to get a whole different thought process about failure, really. I mean, that's the bottom line with that. And we'll touch on that, but. And I think it's the same with validation. Yeah. I mean, validation for me, um, because I didn't get validation at home. I was constantly seeking validation and I was constantly in that. And then with that comes people pleasing, you know, um, and even up until not, I mean, I still see parts of my life where I'm looking for validation. I'm, I'm yeah, definitely, because, yeah, I mean, I'm looking, you know, I'm, I'm aware of it. It certainly has come a long way, but, um, and, and you know, and what's interesting when I think about it, someone would finally give me some validation and I would just be on a high because I finally got validation, but it didn't last. My validation, because you know, I was a peacemaker, helper, supporter. You're right. That, that was me like seeking for validation. Right. Just trying to get more sense of worth through helping others and getting some feedback that I'm good enough. You know, Yeah, finally. Finally. Yeah. And even then I'm like, because oh. in my validation, not only was I looking for someone to love me or like me, but having a purpose to be here because it, because LinkedIn with the not being loved, it's like, well, why am I here? Cause actually like, I, um, I mean, I'm here for everybody to just kind of dump on. As you were saying this, I was like, I actually didn't even look to be loved because I believed I'm unlovable. I didn't even look for it. So you just had, you just had a purpose. I just had it as kind of rather than default assumption. Um, but I think for me, it was like by default, like, okay, I'm not lovable. So maybe I can be liked. Ooh. You know, um, yeah. if not love, maybe like, and, uh, 
and or and needed they, or even needed because needed I think needed that you're like, so. yeah, that, yeah, and that, that I can see that. Cause I, yeah, I could totally see it. Cause I, I yeah. did that too. Yeah. That is really interesting. Cause I did the same thing. Cause I think about it because my mom got sick at, when I was so young and I had to take care of her that I became a caregiver. And so I can see in my life where I constantly was trying to be a caregiver in people's lives because then they would like me. Cause that's when my mom liked me. Yeah. Like you know, after, in my teenage liked. years. Yeah. Or my teenage maybe years, she might like me. That like, I can't be loved. I can't be liked, but I can't be needed. Right. So there's something, there's something. Yeah. And so there's that little piece. That's why I'm oh here. My gosh. That's why I'm here. I'm here to be needed. <laughs> or even like, even, even not that, but it, for me, I think it was more so like, um, so that's how I can feel good about myself. Yeah. Cause that feels good because it's some form of acceptance. Yeah. And and it gives you some sense of worthiness. Right. Because I didn't right. have any sense of worthiness. Like right. Um right. and like if I would help somebody, they would like thank me or I would get some kind of validation from that. I was like, also oh, I have some worth. Right. You know? and, and then so you that's would want what I'm to supposed be to do. Right. Yeah. So I'm gonna keep going down that road of of being a helper and being needy and being what they want me to be so that I can get yeah. that. And then you get some miserable, kind of acceptance. You resent everybody. Oh yeah. But, and you're but miserable. But you can't not do it because the only right. way to get any kind of like validation or feeling like you belong or, you know, any of that, those like emotions. Um, and it's just like all of this, anybody listening, it's a good example of where the stories can take us. Yeah. And yes. how we can have our, and how we can even twist these stories so that they confirm the beliefs yep. that aren't true. <laughs> Really? Because a lot of these stories for me, they are not really true anymore. No, no, not at all. There was a time. It was a part of me. It was who I was. It was when I think about it, like I was given an example one time of how angry I used to get and how I don't get that way. And the only way I could explain how that anger used to hit me is it would completely fill me. Mm. I completely was angry. Like every, it felt like every space in me was mad. It went, and I would go from being completely calm. Like I am now to something happening to me, just being full on anger. And I had a situation happen as like a year ago, uh, where normally it would have triggered me into that place. Um, and, 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 and I haven't been to that place in a very long time, but it was something that I recognize that, whoa, back in the day, you know, the situation made me angry, but it was only for a minute. It was only for a short time and it was, and it was justified anger, but it just lasted for a few minutes. And then I, I, it did not consume me. That's what I noticed right away. That was interesting is I, is I think that's what caught my attention is I got angry and I felt it. I was about to ask if you allowed yourself to feel it. I did. I did. And, and it was justified and I got it out of my mouth and I said what I needed to say, um, within reason, not being mean yeah. or anything, but I sat back and I went and I, then I calmed right down where before it would have, like I said, it felt like it completely consumed me. And it was a part of me, like your friend said to you, where you thought about it all the time. Yep. And that's, and it would just, I would be angry and I would rehash it and rehash it in my head. And I would just be angry for who knows days, right. Over this thing. And it completely consumed me. And you could imagine how bad it derailed me. And so that realization was huge. Yeah. 
And one thing that I can add about validation, and I want it to sink in for people, is that the only person that you're looking for validation from is actually yourself. That is so true. So 100% and, true. And you might even want to ask yourself, what is it that I feel that I need to validate to myself about myself that I haven't yet? And maybe identify some of the reasons why you haven't validated or something that's getting in the way. Um, because as much as we're trying to to seek validation from others, usually it all comes back to validating ourselves. We don't validate ourselves. And I'll tell you that um, having a relationship with myself and learning to have a relationship with myself is probably the biggest thing that helped heal that part of me. Do I still seek validation at times? Yes, I do. I, you know, yeah. we, we're human, but it's not, it's not my motivating force anymore, which it was, it was my motivating force and it's not there anymore. And learning about me and liking myself and having a relationship and validating myself, you're right, has been huge. And I don't seek that validation like I used, nothing like I used to. What were some of the things that you started to do even like with like dating yourself or something like that where I I can imagine that some people listening they're like like <laughs> that in itself might feel like a relationship yeah, with know. yourself like weird yeah. it does it, yeah. It, it, yeah yeah it, it does sound weird because um, then you have to get to know yourself yep and that's scary mm -hmm. so what's your question um what what could help let's say somebody listening they they might identify that it's something that i would want to do or start to maybe like build or work on that relationship themselves what would be some of the things that they could start doing or some steps that they could take especially assuming that they might have strong resistance even towards the idea of that because a lot of us we are really good at rejecting ourselves oh, yeah. or putting ourselves down <laughs> So if, assuming it's somebody like that who might even identify that all I do is just see the bad and I beat myself up and, and all this kind of stuff, what could be something that could help them um, initially? Especially like I, I, I assume that it might just feel quite triggering even to kind of explore that. Liking myself, loving myself. Ugh. Okay, well then let's start with just getting to know yourself, right? Because you don't, you don't fall in love with someone and then get to know them. I mean, that's not the proper way to do it, right? You get to know them and that's what causes you to fall in love with them or like them really. Um, and so really kind of getting to know yourself and that was and really that's only the me. bad stuff. Yeah. No, yeah. I know the good stuff for sure. Because I remember when I started that journey of discovering myself and that just seemed so foreign, I didn't even know where to start. And so I just, you know, I just started kind of, I don't know, looking at different things. How did I do it? Cause it, it was a while ago too, but you know, I just started asking myself, what is it? Curiosity. I like? it, it really was curiosity. And, and, and one of the things I've said in my podcast before, one of the things that I really didn't realize I like so much is history. I love it. But when I think back to when I was in high school and stuff, I did enjoy history. I just didn't apply myself, mm. but I did enjoy it, you know, but I didn't realize I liked it then. Right. It was just a school. Right. Um, but you know, just started the curiosity. What do I like? 
And then I would try stuff. I'm, oh, I really don't like that, which helped me to figure out what I do like. You just have to try. And, and it is those little steps. So, you know, maybe you have a curiosity about dancing and maybe you, you know, oh, I don't know. You know what? And, and I'll say this about my son. I hope he doesn't shoot me, but <laughs> um, he, um, you know, I talked to him about dancing when he was in high school and he was not interested at all. He didn't go to the dances. He wasn't interested, but after he finished college, he thought I'm, he, he wanted to stretch himself. So he went and took dancing lessons and you know what? He's actually a really good dancer. Hmm. He's a really good dancer. So I just started trying stuff. And, you know, at first I did it quietly without telling anyone because, oh, what if I went and tried it and then failed, right? Yeah. Don't want anybody to know that. So I did them by myself and I didn't let people know. And then after a while, as I started discovering stuff that I liked, it actually built my confidence and it made it easier to try new things. And when I did fail, it wasn't the end of the world. And I started sharing my failures and people were like, Oh, that's kind of, you know, I expected them to make fun of me. Right. And instead they're like, wow, you did. And it's, you tried and it's that? Even like, and it's even like not sharing the failures. It's just things that you tried. Really. Right. Right. Because that's, that's at first I wouldn't the... tell people at all. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because like a lot of shame, you know? Um, right. and, and I think that's something even like with, with, with the failure itself, um, you don't really fail. You just had like an attempt. You unsuccessful tried attempt. You tried it. Yeah. And I, and I've talked about this on the podcast before. So Sarah Blakely is the founder of Spanx, right? Mm -hmm. Well, she sold it, but she's the founder. And I love that she shared this and I shared this with my son and I said, I wish I would have done this with you growing up, but her family would sit around the table dinner time, and her dad would ask each kid, Hey, what'd you fail out today? And would actually be upset when they didn't fail because that means they didn't try. And I've, I've gotten to the point now too, there's going to people that there's going to be people out there that will want to make fun of you or whatever, but those aren't the people that are in your life that matter. Those aren't the people that really, truly matter because people that really, truly matter in your life and that love you are not going to make fun at you. Including yourself. Correct. Correct. And if you think that you're going to be perfect the first time you do stuff, you're not. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier you can sit and read a book about how to drive a car, but until you actually get in the car and drive it. And when you first got in the car and drove it, were you perfect? No. Yeah. And like another thing that I wanted to add um, before we probably start to close off. Wind um, this down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now I forgot it. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I know. Um, even with kind of understanding yourself and what is it that you would pretty much like get to know yourself. Sometimes things that we look at others and we envy, mm. it might actually be something that you deep down want or you want to so try it or explore true. it. That is so true. And it's funny you say that because I can remember that very thing where I look at someone and be envious of what they want. And then the second thought is, well, that will never happen to me. I really want it, but that'll never happen to me. And you know what? I'm now living it. And it blows my mind. When I think back on some of those situations, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm living that life that I didn't think I would. Yeah. Or you would point fingers and even like hate. Right. Or, you know, um, because yeah. sometimes things that we either like envy or we we are jealous of, it might be something that we want to have a bit more of 
within ourselves or in our lives. So that that also can be something that can help you to identify some things to, to try out or, or something like that. Be curious about, right? When those emotions yeah. are coming up and even that one, why, why am I, why am I feeling like this way about this person? Why do I feel that way? Yeah. Definitely. What's going on? Oh my gosh, this is, this is like so good. I know it really is. <laughs> Anything you want to, want to I know because we're both, I can see it both coming up with realizations ourselves. It's like, huh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Which is an example think. for anybody listening. The journey is never over. We're still on our journey. Yeah. Until we take our last breath. Exactly. Like, and, and also don't expect for it to be over. There, there is no one point. You when don't arrive. Like, Oh, I'm entitled, everything is perfect, and I know myself fully, because even if you think you know yourself fully, there's probably another thing that you can explore, you can try, you can kind of learn about yourself, and the world is full of things that you can try out and, and do to kind of explore, get to know yourself more, get to know, know yourself deeper, Um, as long as you're curious, as long as you're willing to face some of the fears or some of the resistance to to go and take some of the steps to do that exploration outside of just sitting and thinking about it which is good beginning but that's that's all it is beginning yeah (laughs) Um, yeah that the key is really to to go out there and do take risks and even as you will share them you will start to see that even if you fail you might still inspire somebody next to you to go and take risk for themselves. Maybe even especially because you failed. Because then they're like, you went, you did it, and you failed. Maybe I can do the same and deal with that. Even if I fail. You know? Because like, yeah, you know, like you don't have to be perfect to be a good role model or like inspire others, others also for, or inspire change for them. You know? Um, because neither of us are perfect. Like, <laughs> No. And being, and failing doesn't make you a failure. Yeah, exactly. You know, it just means that you, you know, again, when you fail, if that's what you want to call it, um, you know, it gives you the opportunity to look at it and learn. Okay. So that didn't work. What could I do differently? Yeah, you learned could one I? more thing that didn't work or one more right. approach that didn't work. Right. Yeah. Right. So let me try a different way. Yeah. So people keep going out and trying. <laughs> And give yourself a lot of grace. Yeah. You know, I mean, just give yourself a lot of grace. It's so, it, it's so easy to be so hard on ourselves yeah. and, and, you know, the whole, I should have known I was supposed to know I should have done it. Stories. The should have stories. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Tar, anything you want to add? Well, I was just going to finish it by saying, you know, just be really easy on yourself and give yourself a lot of grace. Be good to yourself. Treat yourself the way, treat yourself the way you want to be treated. And have fun. Have fun. Laugh. Cry. It's okay. Yeah. Life if you is fail at something, and emotions. laugh about it. Like, it's it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. You know? No, no, it's not life or death. Yeah. 